With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenyuk. Dantanir scores! And now it's Gallagher. Gallagher stepping in. Alex Delchenyuk up for the drop, look at it, he's in the wall, waiting, scores! Hello, monsieur, ladies and gentlemen, accueillons, no, turn up, yes! Oh, my stars, what a stop by Kelly Price, Robin, Sidney Crosby! This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, hi everybody, welcome to episode 204 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, March 25th, 2017. My name is Chris G, and you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. Since last Saturday's episode, Canadians have played four games. A big weekend, uh, back-to-back against the Ottawa Senators, and the Canadians came out winners in both of those games by a score of 4-3 to three in Ottawa on Saturday and by a score of 4-1 to one on Sunday. So easy time for the Montreal Canadiens for those two games. And then on uh, Tuesday, Canadians uh, continued. Game number two of their six-game homestand. They lost to the Detroit Red Wings by a score of 2-1 to one in overtime. And then on Thursday, they lost 4-1 to one to the Carolina Hurricanes. So we're going to talk about all these, all the four games uh, in uh, today's episode. So what does that look for the standings for the Montreal Canadiens? 74 games played. There's only eight games remaining in the regular season. They have a record of 41-24-9. Gives them 91 points. It places them first place in the Atlantic Division. Right behind them are the Ottawa Senators, who have one game in hand and are one point behind the Montreal Canadiens. So ironically, it's pretty much the exact same spot where they were uh, seven days ago when we were looking at uh, the standings together. And well, if the playoffs started today, the Canadians would be facing the uh, New York Rangers in the playoffs. So is that good news or bad news? Well, the Canadians have had a success with against the Rangers uh, this season. Our question of the day. What should the Habs do differently to generate more scoring? They've had trouble scoring in the last uh, little while. We're going to talk about that as well. So leave us your comments on the All Habs Facebook page, and you can also leave them on our Twitter account, at Habs360. And speaking of the Habs360 Twitter account, we've posted a poll question, and the poll question is, what position should Alex Galchenyuk play for the remainder of the season? The two options, center or left wing? And we're going to talk about that uh, topic as well later on uh, today's uh, episode. Now, joining me now, my co-host for today's episode, he's editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. You can follow me on Twitter at All Habs. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing great, Chris. Glad to be here. Um, we're getting close to the playoffs, so this is getting, uh, this is an exciting time of year. It is an exciting time of the year, and while well, Claude Julien talks about a rotation, and Rick, it looks like you're not part of the rotation because you're back again this week. 
<laughs> glad to glad to be in the lineup today. Thanks for putting me, me in, Coach. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Hams 360. The most popular segment in the world of podcasting are winners and losers here on the Habs 360 podcast. And well, every week, myself and Rick, we each name a winner, we each name a loser of the past seven days related to the Montreal Canadiens. And well, the Canadiens have lost their last two games. Overall, a pretty negative tone around the, uh, the Canadiens. So we're going to begin with our losers for this week. And I'll go first. And... Well, when it comes to the Canadiens' top line this week, for the two games against the Senators and the game against the Detroit Red Wings, the first line was Pacioretty, Galchenyuk, and Radulov. And then for, in the game against the Carolina Hurricanes, the first line was Pacioretty with Dano and Radulov. And well, regardless who was at center, whether it was Galchenyuk, whether it was Dano, that first line you know, it sucked for the whole week. So what's the common denominators in both uh, those combinations? It's uh, Max Pacioretty and Alex Radulov. So I'm, I'm going to nominate them as my losers of uh, the week. When we look at uh, Max Pacioretty, he's, he scored two goals in the last 11 games. And both those goals were in the same game against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. It was a game where the Canadians were down. They came back uh, in the third period to win. He scored a pair of goals, and so did uh, Paul Byron. But besides that, he he hasn't scored. He's at the uh, 33 goals for the season, where it seemed that uh, he would easily get the 40 goal mark. Well, now he he has uh, seven goals re- that he has to score with the eight games remaining to reach that uh, plateau. Is he going to get it? It's uh, it's pretty tight. And we know that Pacioretty, he's a streaky goal scorer. If he wants to get it, he has to go in, into one of those streaks and he has to get into it uh, pretty quick. I would say even starting tonight against uh, the Ottawa Senators. Pacioretty, lately, during this time, or if we keep it uh, to, uh, to this week, he hasn't really had any scoring chances. So he hasn't really been generating... Um, many uh, offensive opportunities. To move on to the center position, the two players that played with uh, Pacioretty and Radulov, there's uh, Alex Galchenyuk, well, we're going to talk about him more later, but he didn't produce much offensively either uh, this week in those three games that he played with uh, with uh, Max and uh, Radulov. And then the other center was uh, that played with them was Philippe Deneau. It's kept in. Sens can't clear. Turning around with the puck. Shaw. Another play in front of the net. They score! And well, what was that? That was Dano's only goal in the last 25 games that he scored against the Ottawa Senators last Saturday. And I'm not here saying that uh, Philip Dano uh, is a number one center because I think we all know, we all agree that uh, Philip Dano is not a number one center. Is uh, It's not his role. But when you're put into that position, when you're in that spot, well, there's an expectation that if you're the number one center, you're going to have to produce as well. And, well, it hasn't, uh, it hasn't happened. If we move on now to Alex Radulov, in his last seven games, so those are seven games since he came back from injury, he's only gotten uh, two assists, and you're both in the, the same game as well. And while Radulov used to be the spark plug of the team, like previous years, he used to be Gallagher, who any line he'd go to, he'd make the players produce. That's what Radulov was at the beginning of the season. But since the injury, not much offensively uh, on his hands uh, as well. So, Rick, to me, that's why I named the, uh, you could say the first line, whoever played on it, especially Patrick and Radulov, my losers of the week. But uh, I don't think the Canadians have gotten enough from those guys lately. Well, it's interesting because, um, you know, uh, the experts and, and even the coach had this all figured out. It was, it was, it was Alex Galchenyuk's fault. Uh, he was the one that, um, you know, he wasn't winning face-offs. 
the first line was starting off without the puck and, uh, and he didn't seem to mesh with, um, with Pacioretty and Radulov. Um, but as, as you correctly said, Radulov or um, Deno hasn't done uh, any better. Um, and in fact, after Thursday's game, Deno described his, his game as horrible. Um, and, and, you know, as you said, labels don't matter at this, uh, labels don't really matter anytime, but, but they don't matter at this time of the year. Um, uh, doesn't matter if you are a, a um, a, a, a top six player, a, a, a number one center you, if you're in that position, you have to produce, um, Dano is not producing, um, Galchenik's not producing, but, but, you know, as you said, whose fault is it? And Pacioretty is streaky. Um, yeah, I, I thought he had a chance for 40 goals. Um, uh, doesn't seem so. Uh, on the other hand, Radulov, you know, we were talking about him getting 20. Um, and that seemed pretty, uh, you know, a, a pretty sure thing. At 15 now, uh, that and, and the way his offense has dried up, that's not, doesn't look like it's going to happen. So um, I would, I would tend to, to take a close look at Radulov because he's the one that, that drives that, that he, he earlier in the year drove the offense, both from his, his attitude, his contagious attitude, his creativity. um, And he just hasn't been the same in terms of impact out there. Um, And, you know, there's not that many games to figure this out is who has more chemistry. Is it Radulov and Pacioretty or is it Radulov and Galchenyuk and then fill in the the pieces around them? Um, You know, flip flip side of the coin, um, Pacioretty, Radulov and Galchenyuk, they're your uh, top three uh, point per game players by far. It's not even close. And so those are the guys that have to be, they, they have produced um, over the long course of the year. So um, they have to be relied on, uh, but you've got to find something to reignite that spark that you talked about to, uh, to get them going again. Uh, and I'm wondering if uh, this cold streak that uh, Radulov is going through right now, if it's going to cost them uh, some money when it comes to a, uh, to a new contract extension at the uh, end of the season. All right, so Rick, uh, why don't we uh, move on now and you tell us who your loser of the week is. My loser of the week is um, Canadians have had trouble, big trouble scoring. And, um, you know, that's, that's well known. It, it was uh, certainly evident this week um, when, you know, the Canadians are said to, to have a pretty uh, soft schedule as they end the season, they've been through the tough part of their schedule and facing the, the Red Wings and the Hurricanes this, this week, um, uh, you know, it should have, should have been uh, a, a, a couple of wins there and they managed two goals total. Um, scoring is, is been tough. And um, Mark Bergevin knew that last summer he knew uh, he needed scoring. Um, he didn't do a lot to, to improve that. And then where, where it's crucial um, at the, you know, over the course of the season at the trade deadline, um, he did absolutely nothing. And, you know, the Canadians um, in the uh, 16 games under Claude Julien, they, they have scored 34 goals and that's that second fewest in the league. Um, When you look at the, the people that, that, um, Bergevin targeted uh, and brought in uh, around the trade deadline. And I know he was, he, he felt we needed more, the Canadians needed more grit, needed, needed more character. Um, but you have uh, Steve Ott, one assist, Brandon Davidson, one assist, um, Dwight King, no points, Andreas Martinson, no points. Um, the leading scorers out of the one, two, three, four, five, six players that he brought in, um, are Nikita Nestrov. Do you remember him? Uh, we, he hasn't played in a while, has he? 
He has no, a goal and an assist, so two points. And yet he leads uh, along with, with Jordy Ben. Jordy Ben and Nikita Nesterov are your leading scorers out of the players that were brought in around the trade deadline. So we tally these up and we get, we get six points from six players. You know who else has six points all by his lonesome? Sven Andragetto. Two goals, four assists, six points. The one, the, the player that was traded away to Colorado has the same number of points that, that uh, cumulatively the six guys that, that Bergevin has brought in. Now that's not a, that's not a, that's not fair because of different positions. And I, I understand all that, that stuff. Different ice time. Um, uh, yeah, no, time. And, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, a lot different ice time, time different positions. He would have been getting in Montreal. Yeah, th- th- all of that. And, and, um, but, but, but when you look at what is needed for the Canadians and that's offense, Bergevin didn't bring it in. And even when you look at any of those players individually, how have they made an impact? How have they won a game? How have they, um, you know, decided anything? Um, I didn't, it's, it's, it, you can, you can turn yourself inside out and not say, Oh, well, you know, um, Steve Ott is helping with Galchenik with his face offs and he's done this and he's helped the the penalty kill. And okay. I understand that, but what was needed was offense. I understand also the price was high, but there had to be someone, someone out there that could have helped this offense. And Bergevin just simply didn't, didn't get it done. Well, it's uh it's hard to argue <laughs> that part that uh, when it comes to scoring, uh, Bergevin is the one responsible when it comes to uh, putting the players uh, on the ice. During the offseason, he made some moves that uh, were supposed to help the offense. We spoke about Radulov, and he, he has helped the offense when it comes for most of the season. Uh, we have Shea Weber, who has been doing his part as well to improve the scoring, but it's Scoring in the center position is something that's been lacking for uh, for the Montreal Canadiens uh, for for many years. And well, Brejovin, he, he still has to work on it. He still has to get to it. And while a lot of take this is something that it's the coach's fault, whether we're talking about Julien or talking about uh, Michel Terrier, but the players that are on the roster that are coached by any coach fall under the responsibility of uh, of Mark Brejovin and. And while you were uh, talking, uh, Rick, I looked at uh, Sven Andrigetto with a Colorado Avalanche. He's beginning an average ice time of 16 minutes and 22 seconds, where with the Habs, he was beginning an average of 11.28. So that's an extra five minutes. So that's pretty much a 30% increase with, uh, with Colorado as well. So maybe he should have been playing uh, a little bit more and playing more consistently and, and, uh, and has the, the, talent to, to help out. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's a, a coaching decision, um, more than anything, but, um, I, I still feel, and, and, you know, the other part, and we won't get into this, but I've said time and time again, that Bergevin waited too long to get rid of Michelle Terrian, you know, uh, more than a year ago, December, the team collapsed. That was the time, the end of the year, that was the time. And then he waited. And, and the thing that we're seeing now is it's not that, you know, one coach leaves and another coach comes in and he flips his switch and the team goes to a new system and everything. Um, there, there is damage done. There was damage done. Um, a lot of damage done. Um, and, and you look at uh, like, uh, and I know we're, we, we're short on time here, but look at Mike McCarron. Right now, Mike McCarron is a player who's rotating in and out of the lineup. He's capable of, of 10 tough minutes um, per game, and he's not going to do anything to hurt the team. But what happened to Mike McCarron? Because Tarion was there, because Bergevin hadn't replaced Tarion, David Darnay was a roadblock to Mike McCarron. And... Mike McCarron started in the AHL, didn't go so well when he came back. 
um, you know, his attitude and, 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 and now he's a rotational player. So he's lost a year of, of, of development with a full year in the NHL with starting in the seat with a full year minutes responsibility. Could he be an impact player right now? Um, I, you know, that's a good question to ask. Um, and all of these things kind of reflect poorly back on, on Bergevin and the decision that the t- decisions that he's made. So when, when it comes to, uh, to, to the Michel Terry uh, firing, I think it's uh, Claude Julien has been with the Canadians for I think it's 15 games that he's coached uh, the team since the, the bye week, and I, I agree that there's probably some uh, imp, uh, some impact. Some I wouldn't necessarily say it's all damaged. I'm sure there's some good things that uh, Michel Terry left behind him uh, as well. But what he left a few uh, ties for Julien, I think. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What uh, what what upsets me. Uh, uh, about this whole uh, about this whole conversation is, for example, when um, when Michel Terrier was coaching the Montreal Canadiens, uh, a lot of people, I'm not saying everybody, were saying that you know when Michel Terrier was the Pittsburgh Penguins years ago and he got fired, Dan Bislak, uh came in, took over, brought Pittsburgh Penguins to the cup, and well, it was all because of uh, Dan uh, Balsma, and it wasn't because of uh, Michel Terrier. So that means. Uh, and if we're looking at the scoring, the lack of scoring of the Canadians now, are we? If we're putting the blame on Michel Terrier, well, we should look at um, at one point uh, this week the Canadians were in an eight and two stretch over the last ten games. Well, let's give some of the credit to uh, to Michel Terrier and give nothing to uh, to Claude Julien. So, I just find a lot of times when these conversations come up with Michel Terrier, it's always one direction pointing finger and he never gets uh, any credit for, uh, for, for anything. I'm not saying he was, he was the best coach, but I don't think he was the worst coach uh, either. He was, you know, somewhere in between in there and, uh, and that's about it. And I think we should, you know, uh, get over it. The Michel Therrien firing. Okay. He got fired, got replaced and let's uh, kind of thing and, uh, and move on. So Rick, now you upset me. <laughs> good, good, so good. That's a little emotion from you. That's great. I like it. So we're going to move on to the winners, and I'll let you go first so I can calm down a bit. You calm down. Okay, you calm down. Um, have something to drink. Have a cookie. Um, my winner of the week, um, I don't think we've talked about him enough. You know, I, I, I d- uh, in the game recaps, I do uh, plus minus, and um, – for each game, um, you know, the players who have uh, c- contributed positively and those who haven't. And when I look back this, just this week, um, Lekkonen's name kept appearing. Um, I, I like Arturi Lekkonen. I like him a lot. Um, and I think he's been a little bit underrated. Um, he's, he's, he's he's been in the top 10 in in um goals uh by by a rookie um you know he he's he's not a big name here he's not a he's not a, a Patrick Laine he's not but but for the Canadians um we forget that he's just a rookie um and he's been top 10 for goals um, in that category all season long I thought it was interesting that Claude Julien and Claude Julien admittedly said he doesn't, didn't really know him all that well uh, before he arrived. Um, but the, the, the quotes were, were interesting. And, and there was a couple of things that I pulled out of, out of that. Um, Julien said he's a smart player. Um, and he said it several times, how smart Lekkonen is. Uh, he said he's trust, trustworthy um, and meaning at both ends of the ice, he can rely on a great four checker, but very responsible in his own end. And uh, Julian said that, that um, it takes time for young players, but that, that some of them figure it out sooner than others. And Lekkonen is one of those players who's, who's figured it out at a rather young age. Um, so I'm going to tip my hat to uh, Arturi Lekkonen, who um, has been, you know, he's played, uh, he's played both wings. He's played up and down the lineup. Um, and each time he's, he's, 
given, you know, a, a great effort. Um, and, and you've noticed him on the ice and, and I, I really wanted, uh, to, um, acknowledge him here this week as, as my winner of the week. Yeah, no, that's a, a good choice. Uh, he did have a, uh, a, a good game every game this week and he was playing with uh, Andrew Shaw in every single game. And then it was the uh, rotation between, uh, Dano and uh, Galchenyuk. Uh, he scored his 13th goal of the season against the Detroit Red Wing. Still a young player, he's 21 years old, so he definitely has the potential of eventually maybe being a uh, 20 uh, goal scorer in the uh, NHL. Uh, so I'm going to move on now and talk about my winner of the week. And well, it's going to be Paul Byron. No, no, I'm joking. But <laughs> Is that the ninth week in a row for Yeah. <laughs> it would be the third week, but you know, honestly, okay. you he could have been a good option. He scored his 20th goal of the season uh, this week. Uh, he was nominated for to be the Canadian representative for the Bill Masterton Trophy for his sportsmanship, for his perseverance and his determination to hockey. So he would have been a good option. But I went to um, another player that we haven't spoken much about here on the Habs 360 podcast, and that's Canadian's backup goaltender, uh, Al Montoya. And I'm going to name him my winner of the week. He only played one game, the game against the Detroit Red Wings. He made the 34 saves. But one thing that stands out when you look at Al Montoya's recent starts, if you look at specifically the last five starts, the Canadians have scored a total of six goals with Al Montoya in goal in the last five games. So... It, it, you probably all remember it was a, an afternoon game against the Edmonton Oilers where it went 0-0 into a shootout. So he got a shutout and he lost the game. You know, it's, it's hard to put the blame on the goal in that one. The game against the Calgary Flames uh, last week, he lost by a score of 5 to nothing. Yeah, the stat line looks bad for Al Montoya, but the whole team wasn't there and Al Montoya uh, wasn't the, the cause of that loss. He he hasn't been lucky, but uh, he's been doing his job. He's been uh, doing his role in helping the Montreal uh, Canadiens. And let's hear uh, the coach speaking about Al Montoya following the game against the Red Wings. Yeah, no, I thought Monty was awesome tonight. I thought he played extremely well. He kept us in the game. He gave us a chance to earn that point. Uh, he, he definitely deserves better. You know, uh, no doubt, you know, we... we should have scored or could have scored more goals to help him out. Uh, if anything, he certainly deserved a win tonight the way he played. So uh, I liked it. I liked the game a lot. So I'm on Toy Stats, 8, 6, and 4 since the beginning of the season with a 267 goals against average and a 912 save percentage. So Rick, I'm on Toy, I think overall he's been doing his job this season. I think he's been doing his job. Um, you know, and there's there's – uh, things to be picky about. I, I didn't like the the abdicator goal, the first goal um, against the the Red Wings. Not not because I mean abdicator was all alone, and and I think it was Ben and Weber who had kind of uh, let him sneak behind, and he got a couple of whacks at it. But the initial rebound that's something that's 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 a shot that Carey Price directs into the corner. I didn't like the rebound. Um, but like I say, it, when you compare them side to side, well, there, there just is no comparison. But as a backup, um, Al Montoya has been doing his job. And for the rest of that game, the rest of the game against the Red Wings, he was very, very good. Um, you know, on the other side, uh, Al plays uh, generally against weaker teams. Uh, but as you said, um, you know, he, he hasn't been getting the run support either. Um, so I think, I think that um, – that Al Montoya has, has done everything he's been asked to do. He's a reliable veteran backup who, who very much wants to be a starter uh, in the league. Um, I don't, I don't know if he's done much this season to, you know, to uh, show the, the, the Las Vegas golden Knights that, that he can be a starter for them or not. Um, um, he's done everything that the Canadians have asked and, uh, and uh, a, a worthy candidate for, um, I'm just glad to see that you're you're off the Paul Byron thing for a week. <laughs> All right, All right. Still to come on the Habs 360 podcast, we're going to tackle our question of the day: What should the Habs do differently to generate more scoring? 
But coming up next, uh, I mentioned earlier that I'm tired of the discussion of uh, Michel Therrien and the system and what he's done. Well, there's another debate that was on this week that I'm tired of. So we'll talk about that and more. This is the Habs 360 podcast, Future on Habs.net. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power Pro, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Sometimes, but you know, you say 17 minutes, I think four of those were power play, which I thought he did a good job on the power play. You know, 13 minutes at even strength. Uh, you know, he didn't have a good game tonight. You know, it's, and he's going to tell you the same thing. It was a tough night for him, so. And well, those were the words that started a whole debate uh, once again uh, this week. That was the Claude Junior speaking after the game against the Detroit Red Wings. Welcome back. This is the Habs 360 podcast. Episode 204, Chris G with uh, Rick Stevens from allhabs.net. And well, like I said, this discussion is coming back all over again. Is Galchenyuk a left winger? Is he a centerman? Etc. Because after those those comments from Claude Julien, when it came to the next game against the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, that game against the Hurricanes, Galchenyuk played on left wing. Let's hear more from the the coach. I think I just said that. I said we talked about Galchenyuk so much. Uh, we're, o- we're we're overreacting to a simple decision to put him on the wing. Honestly, he's. I said he's our fourth best goal scorer. He's a good player, and right now, you know, maybe he's trying to find his game a little bit. Uh, so I'm trying to help him find that part of it, and hopefully he can help. Uh, you know, our team, he can help himself. And, and basically that decision is as simple as that. So, you know, again, I'm being honest in saying that the fourth best, you know, point getter on our team, he's, he's a pretty good hockey player. And, well, I agree with the Claude Julien. Is it overreaction? I think there is. Like, we need to get over it. Like, we've had this discussion over and over and over. If he plays left wing, is he a centerman? Like, uh, does anyone, did anybody talk about, uh, I don't know, Andrew Shaw going from winger to center or that uh, McCarron moves around from, wing to cent- from winger to center? Or what about Lekunin, who plays sometimes left wing, sometimes plays right wing? Does anybody ever talk about that? No. Okay, so let's just, you know, let's, you know, it's a coaching decision. Uh, Claude Julien is now the second coach who has moved Galchenyuk to the left wing. So maybe they know something that uh, we we don't. And another thing that I found, I'm not bringing it back to the first discussion that we had in the first segment that I said that I was I was fed up with. 
But if Michel Terry would have done what uh, what Claude Julien did, which is put him on, uh, as a winger, the the result of that would be that the fire Terry will be trending on the Twitter. If you go check on Twitter, you can go check today. Let's do the search for fire Julien. And honestly, I did the research this morning. There's not even one tweet fire Julien when it comes to uh, this uh, this topic. So. Why is it these different standards between these uh, different coaches? Here's Murphy, back for Slavin. Stood up by Jordy Ben on the big hit, and now Shaw coming in to Galchenyuk scores! And well, what was that? That was the sound of Alex Galchenyuk scoring a goal, playing on the left wing in the game against the Carolina Hurricanes, and he played a good game. One of the only players who played well, played as a left winger, that was his first goal in the month of March and his uh, first goal in the last 10 games. So that brings up the question, you know what, like maybe he is a left winger. Maybe he's not meant to be a centerman. Maybe it's just not uh, for him. He might be more productive and might help the Canadians more if he plays as a left winger. So uh, Galchenyuk, Alex, where do you prefer playing? Do you prefer playing left wing or center? I can play any position, wing or center. Um, I don't know how many times I got to answer that, but uh, you know, uh, you know, I felt comfortable playing wing today too. So. Yeah. So you tell him, Alex. It's you've answered that question like a thousand times, and even this week you answered that question uh, a thousand times. You know, left wing, center. Let's get over it. Playing left wing, let's let him uh, play there. So Rick, I'm gonna pass the floor to you now. Uh, what do you think about this whole debate, Galchenyuk, left winger, center, or who cares? Well, it's funny. Uh, I thought it was funny that Claude Julien's reaction saying that, uh, hey, what are you guys doing overreacting to a simple decision? Does he know where he is? This is <laughs> Montreal. This is, this is what people do, overreact to any kind of decision. Um, I was pleased for Galchenyuk the way he came out uh, in that game against Carolina. Uh, you you uh, you played the goal, but before that, he was robbed. He could have had a a goal earlier in that game. It was um, Derek Ryan who who slid across and and Galchenyuk had a wide open net and slid across and and uh, and saved a goal there. Eddie Lack was out of position, um, but you know. It, he played well in that game. So does that mean he's better suited at, at uh, winger uh, than center? I, th- I think he was better suited for that game. Um, I think that, that um, and I know you haven't heard me give uh, props to, to coaches very often, but that was during the Terrian area. And, and, and you brought up Terrian after the break, by the way, so I can use his name again. Um, but Julian, I think he handled the whole thing much differently. Um, Tarion, when when he demoted, so-called demoted somebody from the first to the third line, he was punishing. He punished the player. He wasn't, you know, he, and we know from time to time he'd even call them out, throw them under the bus publicly. But it was, it was kind of, uh, you know, dismissive, kind of, okay, we'll toss you down to the the third line or we'll put you on the wing or, um, I really liked how Julian handled this, and and he he met with him. They had a great meeting. Um, Julian's approach wasn't one to punish. He was, I want to put a player in a, in the position uh, uh, to succeed, and that's what a coach's job really is to to figure out how to to create that that environment that a a, a player can do do his his best. Um, and Galchenyuk's response to, to that approach was great. Um, f- I'm fine with that. Just put me, put me anywhere. I'm, I'll, I'm happy to go anywhere. Uh, I just want to help this team. Um, it was positive. You saw that Galchenyuk came out flying in that game um, and uh, with a little less responsibility, not, not, not being at center and not being on the first line. Um, he played, he had a great game. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I understand the, the a part, part of this, part of this is because the Canadians don't have a, um, a first line center. 
Um, and so there's, you know, this is more crucial that the person that they, you know, was the heir to the, the first line center position is, is somehow um, not, not suited for it. Um, so I understand that debate, but I think at this point, Julian just needs to find him a place where he can contribute. And I don't, I don't know that it's going to be the same place every game. Um, you know, it's, it's gotta, it's, he's gotta be flexible. Um, but for now he, well, in that game against Carolina, anyway, he found, um, he found a spot where Galchenik looked great. And a reminder, we have a poll question up on the Habs 360 Twitter account. What position should Galchenyuk play for the remainder of the season, a left wing or a center? Uh, make your vote. We're going to look at the results at, uh, in the next segment, and hopefully we'll never bring up this subject uh, again. Uh, yeah, we're not, uh, we're not guaranteed in the playoffs yet, too, so I think we want to solidify that first, and then uh, um, obviously uh, getting our game in order, like I said. There's uh, been really good... Really good stretches here, and um, it's kind of the same thing. We just got to have guys uh, buying in every night and, and playing the right way. So now we're switching gears. That's uh, Shea Weber uh, speaking ahead of uh, t- tonight's game against the uh, Ottawa Senators. And, well, I think tonight's game uh, I'm talking about in this mini three-game series against the uh, Ottawa Senators where the Canadians won the first two games uh, uh, last uh, weekend. Uh, tonight's game has the potential of being the most exciting game of these of these three game series. Why? Because it's still a battle of first place, like it was last weekend. From the Montreal perspective, they've lost their last two games and didn't look too good in those two games, so they should be hungry uh, tonight. And as well, from the Ottawa point of view, they're probably looking for revenge from uh, what happened in last weekend's games. And, well, they also have the return of uh, Mark Stone, uh, who, who's, who's going to play tonight for the Ottawa Senators. So, so, Rick, Canadians, relatively easy time against the Senators last uh, weekend, but tonight's game, uh, Canadians shouldn't take them lightly. Yeah, well, one game went to overtime, didn't it? Um, but but the, the second game, they had a, an easy time. Um, I, you know, it was funny that after last weekend's home and home series, that that many of the the uh, sports guys were were claiming that that the Canadians had just won the Atlantic Division title. Um, now, given what's happened um, against Carolina and Detroit, they're kind of back in the same position, and um, it's you know it's uh, today's game is is uh, is hugely important. Um, I, I, I think that, that um, Claude Julien showed some frustration. Um, he, he, was, he was asked about, um, you know, is he happy to be juggling lines? Is he happy? Um, and he said, no, he, he would prefer uh, at this time of year to have, um, to have set lines, to have lines set that he could trust. Um, and right now he doesn't have that, that trust. Um, so with eight games uh, to, to work that out, it's it's not a lot of time, um, and you can't be too experimental when you ha- you know when 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 you have to win the game. So Canadians have to win tonight. They have to improve their home record, um, and um, they have to put away the the Ottawa Senators once and for all. Yeah, for sure. So that's definitely a um, an important game for both these teams. And definitely, the Canadians uh, need to play a lot better than they did in the, in uh, the games against the Detroit Red Wings and the Calgary Hurricanes. And probably Canadians took those two teams, those two games lightly, but they definitely need to step it up uh, tonight when uh, they face Ottawa. Yeah, it's just you know, yeah, things are, you know, we're in a good spot right now. Let's not, uh, you know, get dramatic or get too carried away here. We're we're in a good spot. We like our team. We're trending uh, the right So we're not going to get carried away. They're trending the right direction, which, I don't know, it's like the direction that I'm seeing is the two losses in a row. But, hey, he's the captain. He probably knows more than uh, we do. All right, still to come on the Habs 360 podcast, we're going to tackle our question of the day. 
What should Habs do differently to generate more scoring? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can also leave your comments on the All Habs Facebook page. And you can also give us a call toll-free at 1-877-455-4945. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast, future on For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 podcast and follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. Ticket IQ, today's leading sponsor, is a leading event ticket search engine. Offering a low price guarantee on all events in Montreal, you will not find better deals on Canadians' tickets than through Ticket IQ. Download their mobile app in the App Store or Google Play and get $20 off your first order. Head to the App Store, search Ticket IQ, and be on your way to the best deals on Canadians' tickets. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. All right, welcome back. It's episode 204 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G, along with uh, Rick Stevens. And, well, we keep telling you that Habs 360 is the most informative and interactive podcast that you'll find. And, well, uh, it was just literally two minutes ago we received a tweet from uh, CJ Castleman. And he writes, If the focus was strictly on scoring, I'd remove the Canets and Emlyn from the lineup and replace with uh, Charles Udon and uh, Joel Hanley, and well, my co-host here on the Habs 360 podcast, Rick Stevens, he covers the uh, Ice Caps, watches all the games, goes on the road with them as well, so he knows lots about these players, so Rick, I wanted to tell us uh, what do you think of uh, that tweet from uh, CJ Castleman. Well, I, I mean, it's one thing to um, look at the um, the stat sheet or um, and try to try to imagine how those players uh, could impact at an NHL level, but it's a whole different thing when you when you watch each and every game. Um, Joe Hanley is a pretty mobile defenseman, and and uh, on the first pairing usually um, uh, for the uh, the Ice Caps in all positions, uh, uh, power play, uh, penalty kill. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't put him ahead of, of any of the, 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 uh, the uh, players that, that are already up with the Canadians and, and are in a rotational situation. Uh, and certainly not Emelyn. I, I, I know, uh, CJ just has a hate on for, for Alexei Emelyn and that's fine. Uh, but Emelyn has been, um, you know, since that bad patch, he's uh, he's been pretty solid. Emmy being Emmy, I think uh, Julien said. As far as Charles Sudan, uh, you know, he's he's had a very good season, um, 
but uh, he's, he's, he's just not ready for the NHL just yet uh, on a regular basis. Um, nor is Nikita Sherbeck. Uh, we don't see them uh, creating an impact um, game in and game out um, at the AHL level. And I feel they'd have to do that in order to um, find a place in the Canadians lineup. Um, just to update people on where the, the ice caps are, um, they're, they're playing right now. They started about uh, 20 minutes ago. They're up one nothing, um, a goal by uh, Julian Brulette from Nikita Sherback. They're playing uh, the Hershey Bears um, today, uh, a game today and tomorrow. Um, it's part of a, an eight-game homestand that the Ice Caps are currently on. So far, they've done pr- pretty well. They've, they've got a uh, six of a possible eight points. They started out uh, with back-to-back wins last weekend against Rochester Americans. Midweek, they're against the really high-scoring Lehigh Valley uh, Phantoms, uh, kind of heartbreaker. Uh, They lost both uh, in extra time. Um, The first on Tuesday was 5-4. The the Ice Caps had a 4-0 lead, lost that game 5-4 in overtime. And uh, the game on Wednesday went into a shootout. They lost 3-2, but still picked up uh, the the loser points there. So where are they uh, in the standings? Well, they're currently uh, in the North Division. They're in fifth place which uh, has them on the outside looking in, but they're just percentage points away from, uh, and that's how they do it in, in uh, the AHL, is, is your, your winning percentage to determine your, your position. Um, so it's, uh, they're just behind the, the uh, Utica Comets and Albany Devils, and uh, they're going to have to, um, well, winning both these games this weekend against the Hershey Bears could put them into a playoff position. Hershey's a very good team, though. Um, they're uh, about 12, 13 points ahead um, in the Atlantic Division, but but uh, in comparison, they're uh, they're uh, uh, a strong team. So um, you know, if we're looking for, if the fans are looking for offense from um, the uh, Ice Caps, that would be Chris Terry. He's still fifth in the AHL in in points um, with 24 goals, 31 assists. He's got 14 power play goals. That's uh, second in the league. Um, and uh, you might want to look at uh, Jacob De La Rose. I know um, uh, that many Habs fans don't think he can score, but he's on a tear. Uh, he's got seven goals and two assists in le- his last 14 games. So uh, he's been very, very good on, on both uh, both sides of the, the puck. And um, so those are players that if a call-up was needed, and I don't, I don't expect there will be one, but you might look at Terry or De La Rose. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Well, we're not expecting a call-up like Rick mentioned from uh, from uh, the, the Ice Caps. So our question of the day is: So what should Habs do differently to generate uh, more uh, scoring? Because if you look at the Canadians offensively, uh, a stat that was uh, posted uh, yesterday by uh, by RDS is that since February first, Montreal Canadiens have the worst offense in the league. They're the thirtieth. They've played twenty-three games. And they've scored 44 goals, so that gives an average of 1.91 goals per game. If you look for the bottom five teams, it's the Kings, the Flyers, the Canucks, the Avalanche, and then that number 30 is the Montreal team. So they definitely need to do something to generate uh, scoring. And it's a little bit worrisome considering that uh, the playoffs are, are eight games away, so it's not that uh, far away. One thing that I think the Canadians uh, should do uh, to help on their scoring is, well, maybe they should work on their power play because, well, in the last 10 games, one for 23 on on the power play. They've been trying, uh, putting Max Pacioretty at the point to see if that does anything. I haven't been, I'm not a fan of that technique. I don't think Pacioretty is the kind of player you want at the point, somebody you want him near the face-off circle, trying to take a shot and score because that's what he is. And I think there's nothing wrong with uh, having Markov and Weber 
at uh, the point. We all know how talented, how skilled uh, Andre Markov is. A good quarterback has a good vision of the ice. So I wouldn't see. I don't see why Markov can't play on uh, the power play. And if that gives the Canadians one extra goal per game, well, that's definitely gonna gonna help them out. Rick, any? Do you have any advice for the Canadians on what they could do for scoring? I like the idea of, of the power play. You know, it it's tough. Um, you you have the, the the players. The Julian has the players he has. Um, you know, you you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear, as they say. Um, so he has the players he has. Um, the 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 easiest way to to get more offense is to um, to focus on the power play. Make sure your power play is lethal um, so that uh, it helps your offense. And number two, that uh, the opposition doesn't want to take penalties. Um, and that opens up, that opens up five on five play. Uh, so I, I, earlier in the year, um, you know, the Canadians were up to, uh, I think number three um, overall in their power play. They've fallen off, as you said, with, uh, with some, some really dry streaks. Um, I think the focus is on the power play and I hate to say, I really hate to say this, but I'm going to agree with you again. Uh, the <laughs> Pacioretty on the, on the back end uh, doesn't do it for me. Uh, Markov is brilliant. He's got to be uh, the quarterback. Um, he's he, the way he's able to find people and thread passes and, and the way he's able to, to uh, uh, perfectly set up Shea Weber um, those two have to be on the, on the back end of your power play. And then it's a matter of, of getting traffic and, and going to the net and finding the rebounds. And, and, and uh, I think for the, for the Canadians, um, you know, one, one of the things, as you said, they're, they, they haven't been finding goals, but their shooting percentage is, is down around 5.8%. Ridiculous. Their shot selection is, is terrible. They're, they're shooting from the outside. Um, they've got to, They've got to drive to the net. Um, they've got to uh, screen, get in the way, um, you know, get get some of those dirty goals. Um, that's that's the way. That and the power play are the ways that they're going to improve their offense. So let's see now on the uh, Habs360 Twitter account, Ray Topping from Palm Springs, California. His advice is love the Habs. So I guess if you love the Habs, it will bring some positive um, energy to the Montreal Canadiens. Next tweet comes from Habs for Jeff from Kitchener, Ontario. He writes, nothing. Remember how they won the Cup back in 93? Couldn't score more than three goals a game, but wouldn't give up more than uh, two games. So we need to chill out, is uh, the message from uh, Jeff. Uh, Evan B., Right, free Hudon, durable enough. Who would sit to make room? Need big bodies too. Has he been blacklisted? Why going to Vegas? Hashtag confused. So thank you for uh, the tweet, Evan from Well the Mountains. Next tweet comes from Blaine Podvin, allhabs.net staff member. He writes, a call up may help, but not as much as more shots on goal with traffic. Use a newfound size, simple north-south play, get greasy. So thank you for the tweet, uh, Blaine. Uh, Marcel writes, it is necessary that Max score a goal absolutely tonight. Please, Max, score the goal tonight. Go Habs, go. So thank you for the tweet, uh, Marcel from uh, Montreal. And uh, that's what we have on the Twitter on that subject, Rick, what does it look like on the all Habs Facebook page? Now, lots of comments on the all Habs Facebook page. Uh, you can put yours there too. Just uh, search for all Habs all in word on Facebook and you'll find it. Uh, Leo Duick says, come to play instead of whatever it is they're, do- they're doing. Uh, Kevin Bernard says they need some speed on their team. I guess more Paul Byron's is, uh, is what Kevin's looking for. Rocky Pickering says, start driving the net. It's good advice, and we mentioned something like that. Uh, Jeff Lewis says, fix the power play. It's been awful the last few years. Uh, bad the last few years. It, as we said, it's been good um, 
for part of the season, but yes, um, it's, uh, it, it needs some tweaking right now. Uh, Joe Burns says, shoot the puck instead of passing all the time. Ernie Parento says, shoot the freaking puck. Uh, um, uh, Sean Ryan says, shoot more. Never mind the fancy passes. So there's, there seems to be a common thread here. They want the Canadians to shoot more. And, and as I said, I don't know that it's about shooting. I think it's about um, shooting from the right places. And their, their shot selection hasn't been very good. Um, Betty Fitzgerald Nickerson says, go back to whatever they were doing the last time they beat the Rangers. So take that, whatever that template is, and do that, according to Betty. Troy Fleming says, make a decent trade or two at the deadline. Oh, wait, too late again this year. Uh, Gerald McDonald says, Weber needs to use his slap shots more. And the first line needs to get their butts in gear and start scoring. So I, I guess Gerald agrees with what we talked about in, uh, in the first segment. Um, Emily Sinclair says, the captain has to play harder and lead by example. Don't be scared. I guess I, I haven't noticed that uh, Max Patre is playing scared. Um, and, uh, oh, this is Emily again. Uh, she says uh, the Habs should skate like their lives are on the line. They should hit. They should bump and grind. And don't let them run our goalie. Play mean. Play mad. Go, Habs, go. That's, uh, that's a good one to end on, I think. And uh, we also posted on the Habs restricted Twitter account a poll question. What position should Galchenyuk play for the remainder of the season, center or left wing? And it's pretty much down the middle right now. It's 49% center and 51% left wing. So it's pretty much down the middle. The poll is still active. So go ahead. You can still vote on the Habs 360 Twitter account. On that topic, Marcel from Montreal wrote, uh, sent us in a couple of tweets. He writes, I see him playing more on the wing because at center, I just see him skating around and with no results. But Alex Galchenyuk has a lot of potential offensively. He has good hands, and he's going to rebound because he has a talent. And Mark Bergevin does his best uh, for his team. We, we can't hold that against him. It's not easy to be a general manager in the NHL. And regardless of what he does, there will always be people who won't be happy with his, with his work. And he tips his hat off to uh, Mark Bergevin. We also have a tweet from uh, Ron Chart from uh, North Ontario. He writes, uh, a lot of people think that uh, Mark Bergevin is a very good general manager. He's there since May 2012, and here's the result. The biggest uh, weakness for the Canadians when, before he came was a center position. And well, let's take a look at the center position right now. He writes, Dano. Number one center, 11 goals, 35 points. Number two center is Plekanec with eight goals and, uh, and 25 points. And then uh, the third line center is uh, Andrew Shaw with 11 goals in, uh, 20, and 28 points. So thank you very much, everybody, for your tweets and your comments on the uh, All Apps Facebook page. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on Hams360. And Rick, well, you have a, a couple of bad tweets. Uh, you have a bad tweet to share with us. Sure. Um, I, I know that that uh, people get excited about players, and certain players become fan favorites because um, you know they've got a good attitude, or maybe they have a good beard. Um, but this tweet I thought was, was a little. This is my bad tweet of the week. It comes from Corey Todd. He says uh, it's very clear that Jordy Ben will be will need to be protected in the expansion draft. Um, you know, with all due respect to Jordy Ben um, or Gimli, as many people are calling Gimli with a Lord of the Rings uh, reference, Jordy Ben is likable. He's um, you know he's uh, been been pretty solid. He's had his ups and downs. He's had a couple of bad games. Uh, but he's fit right in and, and been one of those fan favorite, fan favorite types. Um, but I, I 
don't see the Canadians protecting him in the expansion draft in, you know, and, and if Jordy Ben is the, the player that's lost great for Las Vegas and, uh, and the Canadians will, will be just fine with that. So that's my bad tweet of the week. We have a tweet. It was a, a joke that was sent to us by uh, Jay Vaillant from uh, Mascouche, Quebec. It's in regards to tonight's game between the Canadians and the Senators. Uh, it's in French. I'll read it and then I'll translate it because it, it makes more, it's funnier in French. So he writes, uh, Marc Metot est un droit d'affronter le CH ce soir. So the translation is, Mark Mathot is a finger away from uh, facing the Canadians tonight. So there's an expression in French, un doigt, that means he's pretty close in uh, coming back. So so that's a, a nice joke that was sent in by um, by Jay. And for those of you who don't know why Mark Mathot is mentioned, well, just YouTube, uh, Mark Mathot and uh, Sidney Crosby, I, and you'll have oh, a good Mark. idea. Yeah, it was... Uh, kind of graphic, so consider yourself warned if you actually search <laughs> for uh, that video. So, Rick, thank you very much. Well, this is this is a busy weekend, and just to, to remind everybody that the Rocket Sports team um, covering the, the uh, Ice Caps Hershey Bears game right now and again tomorrow, so if, if you want to uh, follow along there on Twitter, it's the AHL Report, or uh, the website is ahl.report. The Rocket Sports team is also in Brampton. We've got photographer, we've got a uh, sports writer. Um, the Brampton Beast, the ECHL um, uh, affiliate of the Canadians, has a huge series with the Orlando uh, Solar Bears. That's the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, affiliate. And uh, in the Beast, you have uh, uh, Dalton Thrower, uh, Connor Crisp, and Zach Fucali. So um, we'll let you know what's happening there. And Again, at allhabs.net and uh, at allhabs on Twitter, we'll have all the action from the very important game tonight against the Senators. Thanks, Chris. Been a pleasure as always. And a a special programming note that next week's episode, the live broadcast, will be uh, at noon Eastern time. So, so, you know, schedule your day accordingly. Uh, At noon Eastern will be the live broadcast. And then, obviously, the... uh, the podcast, the on-demand edition, will be available on uh, iTunes. Uh, right after that, you can also search uh, Habs360 on allhabs.net or on iTunes to find any of our uh, old archived episodes. So a big game for the Canadians tonight against the Ottawa Senators and a couple of other games against some non-playoff teams. We're going to talk about that and more next week at 2 p.m. Eastern when we come back for episode 205 of the Habs360 podcast. Enjoy the week. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.